All right. Welcome to the Commish Corners podcast series. I am your commissioner, Jonathan Ernie. You know, I gotta say, we're eight days out from the start of football. I feel like we're in a really good place. I feel like the league is looking good. People are updating their teams, trying to add people off the waiver wire. Uh, you know, uh, people are participating in the league polls. That's great. You know, my only complaint would be uh, I'd like to see some trades. You know, let's let's get the ball rolling with some trades and see if we can shake things up. I mean, I realize they're the team that you drafted and you want to wait and see how things go in week one, but I don't know. If you're willing to make moves on the waiver wire, I think you should be willing to make moves by trading with teams. You know, everybody can improve, and so I just like to see it. Just give me, just give me one trade, one trade before uh, the football season starts on the 10th. Um, I've got an exciting episode for you. I got a couple guests. I got uh, Mike and Thomas. Uh, they're here with me. We're gonna do a deep dive into uh, Dan's team. You know, it's it's all the talk about the league is what's going on with Dan and his team. Um, and I think we're worried. Uh, as opponents, we're excited, but we're we're mostly just worried. Want to make sure he's uh, okay. Uh, at the tail end of things, uh, we're gonna talk about the big move. Um, in the past couple days with Fournette. I mean, that's gotta be addressed. So uh, yeah, let's hear from our sponsor. I wanna take a second and talk to you about Barnes and Noble. Hey, did you know that Barnes and Noble has books for all ages? And right now they're offering a buy one, get one 50% off, plus free curbside pickup. And you can save an additional 10% when you select online pickup in stores with code PICKUP. And, and, they have a free Nook app. So what are you waiting for? Get down to your local Barnes & Noble and pick up the book of your dreams today. That's barnesandnoble.com. All right, I've got Mike. And Thomas here. Guys, I really want to do a deep dive into Dan's team. I'm worried. Quite frankly, I'm just worried. Uh, I'm worried about his team and, 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 his, and his future season. Uh, let's start. Thomas, can I start with you? Uh, you know, yeah. you were across from, from Dan during the draft. So can we get into the figurative time machine and tell me what you think Dan's philosophy was during this process because I'm, I'm 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 struggling to think of what it was uh, john you're, you're not gonna like how i start this off uh, but i love how you brought up the draft i've been crunching the numbers and you didn't know this but as you were auctioneer and drafting i actually timed every player that was picked and when you went from going once going twice to sold and the the data is pretty staggering um, when you as the auctioneer were bidding on your players, going once came actually 1.5 seconds faster hmm. than when you weren't bidding. Going twice 
came 1.3 seconds faster and sold came actually two seconds faster than anybody else. And I'm sure it was just unconscious bias, but looking at the data here, and as you can tell, it is literally right here in front of you. It's, uh, it's staggering. So whether what Dan's strategy was, which I'm gonna get to in a minute, I just wanted you to know that we're watching and we're judging. Look, guys, I was worried. I was taking too much time. I just wanted to move it along. You know, nobody was bidding. You know, I, ne I never cut anyone off. You know, there was it's just no interesting. There was the players you're going after, they went a lot faster. But let's get to Dan. He's the real topic of this conversation right now. And it was also interesting. The day before, I had a conversation with Dan about what his strategy was. And it was to be patient. And we know out of the gate that was not the case. <laughs> and was the most impatient person in the draft until it came time to spending $1 per player, which he was actually purposely satisfied sitting there for three hours, not bidding on anyone. Um, I think that the excitement of the draft and, and being at Meg B's and having half the league there got to him. And once you hear Mike's voice and Matt Phillips coming in through a late night brunch, just he it got overheated and he just started going for people. And um, I don't think it served him well. Uh, looking across from him, he said, I'm very confident in this, but the look in his face when he was looking at the computer and then, and then looking at everybody else, he just, have you ever seen like a four-year-old lost in a, in a toy store? I haven't. Like, you've, you've never seen that? Well, have you ever been lost in a toy store when you were a kid and couldn't find your parents or a grocery store anywhere? I mean, no, I mean, I get the idea of it. Um, I mean, it, it's frightening. I, I would be, uh, I would be uh, scared myself. Mike, I want to run some numbers by you real quick. Um, Ito Smith drafted, owned in 3% of leagues, according to ESPN. Marquez Valdez Scantling owned in 1% of leagues. Uh, Joe Burrow, who he had, he already dropped him. We'll talk about that in a second. He was owned in like 40%. Jay Sternberger owned in 4%. Uh, Hunter Renfro, a Raider. Thomas didn't even have a Raider on his team. Darrington Evans owned in 8% of leagues. Mike, are these, are these draft-worthy players? I was amazed at how much he spent early on. Um, obviously, getting Christian McCaffrey is a huge get. Um, but then he turned around and, and overspent there on, uh, I believe it was Aaron Jones. Um, towards the end, uh, Dan was the most frustrating because he did only have a dollar, so he couldn't bid anybody. But yet when it was his turn, you know, it took him what felt like two minutes to uh, come up with what player he wanted. And <laughs> it always was the player just at the bottom of the list or someone on the Packers. Um, but I think uh, at one point he just asked for a kicker. Anyone we want to give him. But, uh, yeah, it was an interesting, interesting approach. Um, you never know how things are going to turn out, especially this year with COVID. But um, my team, I'm not thrilled with. You know, I should have had Ben draft for me. But uh, I'd much rather have my team than what, than what Dan has right now, even after the overhaul and change of players. But at least Dan didn't spend $150 on Joe Burrow or Hold someone on. already dropped. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I got, we, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. We're not ready yet. Uh, I want to talk about the moves that Dan has made. Yes, and I'd love to talk about that. It's like, I got to frame the question first, guys. So is Dan's team better, worse, or the same? So he's added Emmanuel Sanders, 
uh, Jalen Rieger. I don't know who this guy is. Nikhil Harry, Jared Cook, TJ Hawkinson, so two tight ends, and Justin Jefferson. Meanwhile, he didn't pick up Leonard Fournette, Justin Jackson, Nikhil Hartman, Raquel Armstead, and Chris Thompson. So, guys, is his team better, worse, or the same? Well, I I think his team's a little bit better because he's picking up players that are actually going to get more downs than the players that he drafted. But comparing him not picking up Leonard Fournette, that's just um, it's tough to do when someone like Coleman pays so much money for him. Yeah, I would agree. I feel like his team is better, but you're, you're picking at the bottom of the barrel between guys that probably aren't going to help you win a championship or make playoffs. They might just fill a gap for one week on a bye week type of situation. I mean, I think his team is literally three players that are going to produce, and the rest are just drop or add, as you will. Mm-hmm. All right, so week one, Dan plays Bryant, who's projected to – Finished first in the league right now. Is Brian win? Brian win or Dan upset? Well, it's interesting because of the Brian Dan rivalry going on right now. Um, I would typically go Brian win, but I just see Dan upsetting this and then pushing the rivalry even farther throughout uh, the cold winter months when the grass doesn't need to be mowed. I'm gonna go with Bryant. I like her team a lot more. I think she's got. Uh, Tyreek Hill going. Uh, got Travis Kelsey. She's oh, she's going to build a nice lead on Thursday, and then Melvin Gordon will find a way to get her over the edge late night on Monday. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right. Everybody wants to talk about it. Everybody wants to hear our thoughts. Uh, Fournette dropped by Coleman. He's waived. Okay, so I I kind of understand, but then, well, you know, let's yeah, but then picked up. For $151, second closest bid was $32. <laughs> so, Mike, I want to start with you, actually, mm. because you've got a little bit of experience in this department. Because at <laughs> one point, you dropped Fred Jackson, Craig picked him up, and then you traded for Fred Jackson. So, let, can you tell me what you think Coleman is doing in this moment? Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. I remembered I did something similar. I couldn't, I couldn't remember Fred Jackson, but now you are bringing back uh, bad memories of that one. Yeah, very interesting. I was surprised with the drop, especially I'm not sure what he paid for Leonard Fournette, but when you look, he is a, a top 20 running back. Shit ton. He paid way too much money. But uh, very interesting strategy to, to really lay low. I, did the, I will say I did the same similar thing last year trying to pick up a player. I forgot who it was off the waiver. And, and I spent pretty much every dollar. I want to say it was actually Randall Cobb, which turned out to be a very poor decision. But I paid every dollar I had, I think, to bring I think you spent, like, what, $190 on Randall Cobb? I did, yeah. And I'm not sure what the next closest was. But um, definitely an interesting strategy. But I will say that um, leaving the draft and still right now, I do like Coleman's team. They are what I think I, I think they are the best team, top to bottom, even with Leonard Fournette. Uh, in free agency. All right. But, all right, Thomas, let's hear your thoughts, and then I'll follow up. Okay. I know I'm here basically just for jokes, and I get that. Mike's obviously the analyst here, and I'm, I'm the talent. But um, 
I, I found it ridiculous that he would drop him after a waiver, knowing how good of a running back Leonard Fournette is. And and then I think the catalyst of it was Pat being like, hey, he could get picked up when Coleman was like, oh, wait, you mean other people can pick this guy? <laughs> and then the light went off in his head, and then he's like, oh, shit, I messed up. I got $200. I'll spend it on him. That's what I think his thought process was. But I'm sure he asked Lauren for permission before he did any of it. <laughs> All right, so Coleman's got a great team, but no, Mike, you're still picking him even though he doesn't have much of a budget left. You don't think that hurts him at all? I think it hurts him if people get injured, but you look from top to bottom, uh, you know, Brady's got some awesome weapons. You got Elliott, Evans, Beckham Jr., Ertz, Landry. I mean, he's he is set up to make a nice run. His bench isn't real deep, but if Fournette does get picked up by a team, um, I think Coleman's in pretty good shape, despite everything. Biggest thing will be uh, lineup management, which he is not known to be very good at. So, still within the realm, but he's got all the tools he needs to to, to make a solid run at this thing. Yeah, I think Coleman is his own worst enemy at this point. Yep. Um, if he just set his lineup every week and don't and doesn't listen to the group text and just does what is in his heart, he'll lose. If he listens to the group text and follows everyone else's advice, he might have a shot at winning this. Well, as long as he at least sets his lineup. I know that's been an issue for Coleman in the past. So, at least set a lineup. Yeah, I agree, guys. All right, um, that's it. Uh, thanks for coming on the pod. I really appreciate it. Um, you know, I'm really excited about the, the fantasy year. One week away. Me too. I – Eight days. Can't wait to have Coleman pay for my dues next year. That was really nice, Thomas. It's a great feeling when Dan sends a a snarky text out saying there's one person that hasn't sent back, and I have to reply and say I thought Coleman paid for me. That's it's a good feeling. So thank you, Coleman. Feels good. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Uh, One last thing. Uh, Pat sucks at fantasy football. I'm out. All right, thanks so much to Mike and Thomas. Thanks so much to Barnes & Noble. And I, uh, I'm really looking forward to the league this year, guys. I'm really looking forward to week one. So we'll be back next week with our week one picks. Until then, peace.